0: Well, we're going to continue the series we've been doing. Sorry, I got a cough drop, so it sounded a little weird. Uh, on home and on family. Now, how many of you have ever had a conflict in your home? Never. Never, right? No, not us. How many of you had a conflict in your home this week, right? How many of you wish you had a referee that could ref calls in your home? That would, that would be one be one. Check this out. One of the things I love about the NFL, they have this thing called the challenge flag. If you don't know what that is, each coach gets a red flag. And if they think the ref makes a bad call, they throw this red flag. The ref has to look at this video replay thing on the field, see if he was wrong, change the call. I think that's a brilliant idea. I want that for marriage. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome, man? Get in an argument, throw the red flag, ref comes out of the pantry. <laughs> there was an eye roll involved. Wait, but after even further review, we got unsportsmanlike conduct on the female. She's told the same story four times this week. We got offsetting penalties, repeat conversation. So what we're going to talk about Today is improving our home life, improving the things that we do. So if you're here, you should have some notes there. If you're watching online, there are notes uh, on the Facebook page or also in the YouVersion app. You can pull up there. So we've been talking this last couple of weeks about home, about our relationship with our spouse. The first week we talked about uh, building our home the way God intended, what God has for marriage, why God has marriage in place. Uh, last week we talked about things that wreck our home that wreck our oneness now Amy and I've been doing this we've been talking about this this does not mean we're experts we're still learning just like you guys are we're still working on our marriage just like every one of you and it doesn't matter how long you've been married 50 years 40 years 20 years two years not at all you're working on it right and those of you who are here and you're single we were including this because if you want to have a great marriage someday down the road, you need to start working on it when? Now, right? While you're single, start working on your skills. Start working on those things. Uh, if you ever just say, you know, I, just, I don't want to be married, that's great. You're going to be that friend that's going to hear about the marriage. So learn this so you can help your friends, right? So today we're going to talk about building and improving our home. Uh, We're going to talk specifically about marriage. Now, we're going to go to a book in the Bible that some of you may have never opened until last week when we pulled a verse out of it. We're going to go to Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, depending on the translation you have. Chapter 2. Now, Song of Solomon is a book that Solomon wrote, King Solomon, about his bride. He was talking about He was celebrating love and celebrating marriage. Now, a lot of people, when they had the council to put the scriptures together, they didn't want the Song of Solomon in there. Because I said, that has no place in the Bible because that talks about sex, uh, and that shouldn't be in there. <laughs> and it talks about marriage, and it shouldn't be in there. And, you know, when you read it in English, you kind of go, huh. Uh, if you read it in Hebrew, you go, whoa, whoa. Uh, there's some very vivid imagery in there. So if you're ever bored, uh, get a commentary on on Song of Solomon and read through there. It will uh, make you blush a little bit. Uh, But he's just talking about life. And so, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he says this. This is the young woman saying this about her husband. Like the finest apple tree in the orchard is my lover among young other young men. I sit in his delightful shade and I taste his delicious fruit. And you're going, whoa, 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 whoa. He escorts me to the banquet hall. It's obvious how much he loves me. What is she saying here? I love being with my what? spouse. I love being in my husband's presence. I love being around him. It's obvious how much he loves me. And you know, when you first start dating your spouse, you pull out all the stops, don't you? You do the things that you need to do to to win their affection. You do all those things. As marriage goes along, you get jobs, you have kids, you have more kids. Uh, What happens? Sometimes, You don't have the time, right? Life happens. And so what we're going to talk about today is rekindling that a little bit because there is a really strange thing happening in our culture today. We're having a fundamental shift. There's a thing called the graying of divorce. Over the last 20 years, the divorce rate of those 50 and over has doubled. Why do you think that is? Kids are leaving home. And we're seeing another shift. We're seeing this thing in the last couple of years called helicopter parenting. And this is where parents are hanging on to their kids longer and longer. Kids are staying in the home longer. Their parents are actually moving to the place their kids go to college to stay with them. Is this healthy? No, the kids need to learn to separate, right? Why do you think parents are doing this? Well, part of it is because they love their kids. Part of it, I think, is they don't want to be alone with their spouse. They're terrified of their spouse. They, they don't know what to do because they've been around the kids so long, there's nothing left there. So what we want to do is just talk about this a little bit um, and just learn what are some things we can do to keep our marriage strong through life. If you have kids, if your kids are out of the home, what are some things we can do? Well, the first thing is keep ruts from forming in the marriage. What's a rut? A rut is a, you know, a thing that happens in a road where the tires go. You ever been four-wheeling? What happens if you get your tire in a rut? You get stuck, right? You're calling your friend to come get you, and then they laugh for two or three days, right? Well, that happens in marriage. These ruts form, and sometimes it's hard to get out of these things. So we need to prevent life from pulling our marriage apart. Prevent life from pulling our marriage apart. What does that mean? Well, we need to find out what's happening in our marriage. And, guys, it's so easy to get busy. We get busy with work. We get busy with extracurricular activities. Our kids have sports. We have jobs. We have things going on. Uh, Man, life happens. Hobbies happen. Things happen, and eventually you're not spending time with your family, you're not spending time with your spouse like you wanted to. You know, a lot of us, when we were first dating, we had a date night, right? We would go out with our spouse or our girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, we'd have certain times, we'd go out, we'd do things. Eventually you're just finding each other when you put the kids to bed, and you're like, Whoa, what just happened to the day? Right? It just, it happened. We forget to foster our relationships. Uh, men, we get we get busy. We forget to pursue our wives. Now, that does not mean chase them through the house. I mean, that, that is fun. You can do that. Uh, but I mean, like, we forget to pursue them like we once did. We don't text them anymore. We don't send notes. We don't send flowers. We don't send chocolates. We don't do different things. We forget to say thanks. Ladies, they stop trying to be romantic. They stop appreciating their husbands. It happens. Guys, we get busy. We understand that. Sometimes we get out of the habit of uh, eating together. One of the greatest things you can do for your kids, guys, I know we focus on kids. One of the best things we can do for our kids is have a healthy marriage. A healthy marriage creates a healthy environment for our kids. It helps them have better marriages down the road. And one of the things we can do is eat together as a family. I know it's hard. Uh, man, you know, if your kid's in sports, sometimes they don't get home until 6.30, uh, 7 o'clock, then they have homework or if they have jobs. But try to find time to eat together as a family. And then we need to prevent... Oh sorry that's oh, her stole
1: mine <laughs> uh, the next thing is preventing harmful preventing harmful habits from forming and that goes back to just spending time together and being together and we often get in a habit and we slowly separate and kind of do our own things and that can be even going to bed separately every night and not just having that time just laying in bed and talking and communicating or even eating separately in different rooms. You're both busy doing different things, so I'm just gonna take my dinner along in my office with me and I'm gonna eat tonight, or just things like that, or sitting in the same room without interaction. I know, you know, when we were da- even when we go on dates, my, like, least favorite thing to do on a date night is go to a movie, because I'm like, we can't interact and we can't talk, and I wanna talk. And so, anyhow, um, so just being able to do things together and not letting that harmful habit of separation creep in and begin doing too much on your own.
0: And so we have to identify those ruts, find those things that are happening in our lives that are causing friction or causing us to fall apart. Uh, If you're in a rut, identify it. Figure out what this talk with your spouse. How do you think we're doing? How do you think we're doing as a couple? And now some of you are thinking, there's no way I'm asking that question, because we may not want to know the answer. But we need to take time to assess ourselves and, you know, find those ruts, or if you're not, look and see, okay, I see this coming. I see this possibly happening in our marriage. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of articles I could read. I've got different things in here, but um, it says here, there's one, uh, one lady, she's a counselor. She says, couples I've been busy supervising their kids' education, extracurricular activities, that's a hard word to say, uh, social events, and trying to teach them to be honest, moral, happy people. And after 20, 25 years, they realize they don't have a relationship left. This is what's happening in our culture, guys. People are finding out once the kids leave the house, we have nothing to talk about. We haven't talked for 20 years except about kids. We haven't talked for 20 years except where are we going, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And so it's important to take that time now to build that relationship. Uh, You know, I know it's funny, like, we'll hug and our kids are like, really, guys, you know, but they want to see that. Your kids want to see you being affectionate with your spouse. Now, I mean, there are lines, but they want to know that you still love your spouse. That gives them freedom. You know, there's a, if you ever watch kids on a playground, uh, please don't be creepy about this, but if you ever drive by a school where kids are at recess don't get arrested. But if you drive by a school that has a fence, where do kids play? They play all the way to the fence, don't they? You'll notice, I mean, they'll be right there on the fence. If you go by, uh, you know, here in town, we have a school, Brian, I was driving by the other day, I noticed this. They have a fence on one side, but now on the other three, kids kind of stay in the middle of the playground. They want to know their boundaries. They want to know where they're safe. And it's the same in marriage. If you have a good relationship with your spouse, your kids know that they know they're safe. They know that there's a a safety there. They know that there's a a good thing there. So we have to make sure that we are building that now. And then we have to create good habits, create good marital habits. Um, And so we talked about Song of Solomon a little bit. I want to hit that. Rekindle the joy of being together. So creating good marital habits and we need to make sure that we're rekindling that joy being together. In Song of Solomon 1, 4, they said, take me with you. Let's go away. Like, let's go out. Let's find a hotel. Let's go somewhere. Let's go out of town. Um, and then in verse chap- chapter 2, verse 3, it said, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among other young men. I delight like to sit in the shade. I love being with you. And so what we need to do is go back to things you enjoy doing together. I know some of you are saying, you're kidding me. i got three little kids at home. i got two little kids at home. Get a babysitter. Go out. And, and they don't have to be expensive dates. You know, it's sad. I can tell we're getting older. Sometimes we'll go to Menards and walk around. That's a date. You know, it's like, wow, we could do this. And, you know, uh, go to Walmart and walk around. Go to the park. Take a lunch and go sit and watch the ducks. You know, I mean, well, they're not there now. But, you know, before, uh, before they left for the season. Just go find things you like to do. Get back to those kind of things. And here's another quote. Uh, Beth McLeod is another uh, analyst. They said, parents can be so busy with all that's involved in raising their kids day to day, not to mention attending their own careers, that their own relationship problems can go unrecognized. Although there are a few studies that focus specifically on how the emptiness phenomenon affects divorce rates, One University of Nebraska researcher found that couples were actually happier for a time after the kids left home. Some experts say that couples who wait until the kids are gone before dealing with their marital problems are at a greater risk of late-life divorce. So we need to make sure that we're working on our marriage now. That way when the kids leave before grandkids show up, you have a healthy marriage again. Make sure that you're working on that. And so take a look now and find those things you enjoy doing together. Just take a little bit of time. And some of you might be saying you know, my wife and I are sitting here on the couch watching this on TV, and we don't want to look at each other, because I'm afraid we might be too far gone, you're never at that point, just make sure you you find time to do those things, and it might be awkward, it might be weird, you know, you might drive a half hour in silence to get there, but just start working on those things, so.
1: Okay, the next one is actively forgive one another, no marriage can survive without, with unforgiveness in the midst of all of it. It piles up over time with harsh words and unfulfilled promises, missed opportunities. Its forgiveness is absent, bitterness creeps in. Colossians 3, 13 to 14 says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive one another who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony.
0: So what happens if your spouse offends you and you don't talk about it? What happens? It sits there, doesn't it? It doesn't go away. It just sits and it gets bigger and bigger and anger starts to build. Guys, you see a marriage is totally cold. There's no relationship there. That doesn't happen overnight. That happens over time. And if we don't forgive our spouse or not actively forgiving our spouse, that stuff builds up and eventually it explodes And that's what you see, uh, you know, people that don't forgive, they don't talk about things, eventually it's going to come out. So it's better to get it out then. Hey, you forgot my birthday. Oh, really? Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's easy. Hey, I don't like what you said. I don't understand what you were saying there. And so just find ways to talk about things and forgive those things. And then we have to not just forgive, but we have to pursue one another pursuit and again that doesn't mean you need to chase them through the house <laughs> i remember when we uh, we were youth pastors at a church our secretary had a rental property and uh, her and her husband had it and it was what paid their mortgage so i came in one morning into the office and she looked horrible like tired and i was like man did you not sleep well last night and we loved it she was the sweetest lady and if she couldn't sleep she would bake and so if we came in and there was cookies in the office they're so like oh she couldn't sleep but this is a good day for us right well, I was like, "What was going on?" She's like, "Well, I got a call from the police, and my land, my renters were chasing each other down the street with knives." I was like, "Wait, what?" It's like, "Yeah, they got in a fight, and she was chasing him with a butcher knife down the street," and she's like, "What do you want me to do about it?" Uh, so that's not the kind of pursuit we're talking about. All right, we're talking about chasing one another, pursuing one another, going after your spouse and making them feel valued. Okay, we have to actively pursue our spouse and give them value. Let them know. Uh, You know, in the Song of Solomon, we see that uh, in chapter three, the two lovers had a fight and he left in anger and she was trying to find him. And it kind of details that in chapter three and chapter four talks about how beautiful she was. Now, I wouldn't necessarily use the terms he did because he said, you know, your your neck is like a tower and your teeth are like sheep. You know, that doesn't work anymore. Uh, It was easier back then. Uh, But then she talked about how the women of the city loved her husband because she was always telling about all his great qualities. Remember when you were dating, you were always complimenting your your spouse? Hey, thanks for doing that. You look nice today. Hey, thanks for this and that. As we get into marriage, we kind of like, well, I got them now. I don't have to do that anymore. No, keep doing that. They need to know that you love them and you care about them. uh, Because that's still the same person that was there, right? Uh, And so when a husband and wife pursue one another, marriage works really well. What does it look like? Rex, what are you talking about pursuing my spouse? try sending them flowers just because, right? Send them flowers because you love them. Uh, Send them candy. Leave a note on the dashboard of their car. Just tell them thank you for mowing the yard last night. Thank you for a great dinner. Uh, Watch a Hallmark movie with your spouse, right? (laughs) Uh, Go, if your spouse plays sports, go watch them play sports sometimes. You know, go to their softball game. Uh, Take care of the kids so she has a night out with her friends or on the opposite, take care of the kid so he has a night out with his friends. Because you still need that. You still need that time. Uh, leave notes for her to find during the day. Send her a text message. Call just to talk. Encouraging him one another. Uh, make plans for a special event your spouse doesn't know about. Uh, you know, take him out of town or something. So, and find those common things. Now, if you don't know what you enjoy doing together, find something that you can enjoy doing together. That might mean take a class at the college. That might mean uh, do a cooking night. That might mean you know, picking up a new hobby together, you know, maybe you like puzzles or games or whatever. Find something you enjoy doing together that you can do together, uh, and that's a good thing. And so that way, once the kids do get out of the house, you have something to talk about besides the kids. So what are you saying? We have to be proactive, guys. Be proactive rather than reactive. So if we want to keep our marriage strong, we have to be intentional about that. And I know that's a, that's a great word that we use today, but intentionality just means doing things on purpose. So find the problems in your marriage, root them out, and then deal with them. So in Song of Solomon chapter 2, they talk about their relationship and they compare it to a vineyard. Uh, you know, so root out those problems. If you have a vineyard or you have a garden, you know when something's wrong, right? You know if a plant's not healthy, you can go find it. So root those problems out, find what's going on, and take care of them. You know, in this chapter, they talk about the little foxes that destroy the vineyard. It wasn't bulls running through a vineyard that was breaking it. It was the little foxes. It was the little things that were coming in and didn't know about it. So here's the thing. If if I realize there's a problem in our marriage, it might just be something small. But what happens to small things? If you don't deal with them over time, they become what? Big things. And then you have to try to repair something instead of just being proactive. So, uh, so look for those kind of things. And it, they don't heal overnight. It takes time, guys. If your marriage is hurting, it's going to take a little bit of time to do that. So we're going to give you some tools today. When we did our premarital counseling, our counselor made us read a couple books, and we've talked about several of them over the last couple weeks. One of them today, I want to talk about this Phenomenal! It's called uh, The Five Love Languages. Uh, a guy named Gary Chapman wrote these. And he's actually, I think, got one for kids now, too, uh, if you're a parent. But it's called The Five Love Languages. And basically, the premise of this book is that we all receive love in different ways. Now, if you came in today, there was a little thing out in the foyer. Uh, it was a quiz that was laying there for you. Take one of those home. Now, don't do it now. Please pay attention now, because uh, we're going to explain what these are. But take this at home. If you're watching online and you have access to the Calvary Facebook group, it's on there as a PDF. I put it on there. You can download it. Uh, but, and if you need it, let me know and I'll email it to you. So what we're talking about is we all receive loves in different ways. And one of the ways we can, uh, we can do this is investigate our spouse's love language and then use those love languages. If you haven't read the book, it is phenomenal. You can get it on Amazon for almost nothing nowadays. Find it and read it. It explains these things in a lot of detail. And this was foundational to Amy and I. We read it while we were dating, and it, it didn't make sense until later on when we were married. I realized, you know, I was buying her flowers all the time. I spent a fortune in flowers. And she was always like, oh, thank you. Not a big deal. I was like, what is wrong with this girl? Or what's right with her? This is awesome. She's cheap. You know, I love it. I don't have to buy expensive flowers. But then one day I took her car and washed it for her. Uh, in college, I washed it and cleaned it up, and she like, freaked out. She's like, oh, thank you so much. I hadn't had time to do it. I realized one of her love languages is acts of service, not receiving gifts. For me, she realized that I like to receive things. Yeah, it makes me sound really shallow, but it's really not. So she'll drop a coffee off at the office, and to me, that's huge, right? Or she'll bring me a tea or something. So we have to find out what ways our spouse likes to receive love. So one of them, the first one is words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, what does that mean? It means saying kind things about my spouse, saying kind things to my spouse. If you're one of those people that likes someone saying, hey, thank you for doing that, that was nice. Hey, you look good today. Hey, you did a great job on that. This might be one of your love languages. Uh, And another way to find this is if you say kind things about your spouse in front of their friends, if they really enjoy that, that's a love language that they have. Uh, And so, you know, One of the therapists said, I can't tell you how many times men and women have come into my office over the past 30 years and said to me, I work my tail off every single day, but my spouse acts like I haven't done anything. I never get a single word of appreciation. So if your spouse's love language is word of affirmation and you say nice things to them, it's like pouring water over them. I mean, it's a huge deal. They want that in a good way, not in a bad way, not like a Gatorade bath. It's it's pouring water on dry land. It's a big deal.
1: So the second one is acts of service. So that's the one that he was talking about is like my number one love language. And this is more than just saying like I love you because we can say I love you but I'm more of a like show it. So really like as we've been married even more than flowers is if I come home and you know the kitchen's clean or somebody like he vacuumed or something like that. To me that's huge. Like that's a big deal. Like I would much rather come home to a house that's been vacuumed, than a bouquet of flowers. And so that's just, the act of service is one, it's just doing things for that person.
0: And it's doing that it because you love them. Mm-hmm. So if your spouse is someone who likes acts of service, if that's their thing, making the bed in the morning is a big deal to them. You know, like she said, vacuuming, or uh, you know getting the oil change on their car, or washing dishes, that is a big deal. And to you, it might seem like a small thing, but to them, it's a big thing. And so it's doing it intentionally because they know that you love them. Uh, the third one is receiving gifts. And so for some people, receiving, receiving a gift is more than just the thing. It's the thought behind the gift. So if your love language is receiving gifts, that means I thought about you enough to get something for you. And it doesn't even mean you buy something. You could make something. Uh, you know, that could be, you know, like an act of service could be making dinner. Uh, receiving gifts might be bringing them dinner at the office. Or, you know, hey, I was at Madeline's and I brought you a cupcake. You know, phew, cupcake's always a good idea, right? Uh, but if your spouse, one of their love languages, was receiving gifts, that's a huge deal then because it meant my spouse loved me enough and thought about me enough to bring me something like that. Uh, and so it's symbolic. It's, it means that you thought about them long enough to do that.
1: And then... Whoops, now I turned the wrong page. Quality time. So if your spouse's love language is quality time, giving him or her undivided attention is one of the best ways that you can show quality time. Quality time isn't, like we said, just being in a room together, but it's actually asking questions and then listening for the answers. Just spending time and responding to those answers so that they know that you're listening to them. Uh, A lot of people think, well, we're together. We spent the whole evening together. But you may have only said five words together all evening. So that's not quality time. And that's why to us date nights are so important. And I was just talking to somebody this week about how as parents, we can't feel guilty getting a babysitter and leaving our kids home with a babysitter. It's important for us. We tell our kids we go on dates together and we leave or we go take a night away for you guys. Because if we can get away and we can have a healthy marriage and spend quality time together, then our home life is gonna be better and things are just gonna be better all around. Our marriage will be better, our home will be better, our kids will be happier because of it. And so I know a lot of times we feel guilty when we do that but we can't. We have to take that time and know that it's important. And our kids will even say, you guys haven't been on a date night for a while. You guys need to go out, you know. And so I think that that's, it's just, it's very important. Quality time is just important, no matter if it's your number one love
0: language or not. And if your spouse is, a, is big into quality time, choose your restaurants wisely. All right, don't go somewhere that's got a dozen TVs that you're going to be like, You know, We went to Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch yesterday, and I was like, oh my goodness, Like, there's so much football, I can't focus. And so I I intentionally tried to get a seat away from the TV so I can focus on her, not on the TV. And she understands that, because I'll be like, hey, will you trade me spots? Uh, Because I'm trying to focus on her, because that's one of her big ones, is is quality time. And then physical touch, and all the guys are like, (laughs) right? That's us. Uh, And so physical touch is not just sex. Physical touch is holding hands. It's hugging. It's putting a hand on their shoulder. It's coming up behind them and just setting your arm on them. Physical touch is just saying that your touch communicates love more clearly than words can. So physical touch, if it's your love language, is a hug at the end of the day. It's sitting on the couch with their arm around them. It's holding hands in the movie theater. It's holding hands in the car. It's whatever that is. And so typically for men, this is a big one for men because we are wired that way. That's how guys are wired. So, and So here's the deal, guys. These love languages... You may be saying, how do I find this? How do I know what my spouse's love language is? One of the best ways to do it is to take a a thing like we gave you or listen to their complaints. Listen to what your spouse is saying to you. I feel like you never listen to me anymore. Words of affirmation, quality time, right? I feel like you never do anything around the house, acts of service, right? I feel like we're never together, quality time. Why don't you ever hold my hand anymore? <laughs> Physical touch. So you understand? You can hear what they're trying to tell you. And so, and so here's the idea. One of the, Harley, the guy that wrote the book that we talked about two weeks ago, the his needs, her needs, he says that every person has a love tank. I think Chapman actually uses the same deal. He says, every one of us have a love tank. Like, we understand a fuel tank on our car. If it gets too low, what happens? You're walking home, right? <laughs> if our love tank runs too low, you're going to try to get that filled whether it's with your spouse or whether it was someone else. And so he's saying all of us have that. So I think Carly talks about a love bank and one of them talks about a love tank. Uh, but anyway, if you're constantly taking out of that tank and never putting back in, what's going to happen? It's going to run out. And what happens when our love tank runs out? We try to get it filled somewhere else. Same thing with the bank. If you're constantly taking money out of your account and never putting money in it, you're going to run out and eventually the bank's going to close that account. Same deal. When we use our spouse's love language, we're pouring into that love tank. We're refilling that with things that they enjoy. When we do something stupid, we're taking out of that. Or when we're gone on a trip, we're taking out of that. When we have a busy week and we don't get time to talk, we're taking out of that. So we have to be intentional about putting back in more than we take out. And so this is big. And guys, I, we've been talking about this all day. Our marriage is important because we made a vow before God to love our spouse. If you're single, you need to learn this now so that when you do have a spouse, you have these things going in. Kids that come out of healthy marriages, kids that come out of homes with healthy marriages are more prepared for marriage. When kids go off to college, they said kids who leave for college and they have a healthy home environment to go back to do better in college because they're not worried about what's going to happen when I'm gone. And so one of the best things we can do for our kids' future is to have a healthy marriage now. One of the best things we can do for our kids now is to have a healthy marriage now. So it's important to put these things into practice. And so I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back up. And we're going to take a few moments here to pray. And so guys, you may be saying, hey, I'm sitting at home and it's cold here because we don't talk that often. This is the time, thank you, that you can pour into that, that you can work on that relationship. And it's never too late. So if you're here and you're physically able, would you stand this morning? Get a little stretch going here. If you're at home, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand as well, just to, you know, get off the couch, off the chair, off the floor. My kids need to put the recliners down and stand up because I know that's where they're at. So uh, I'll tell them i I see them online. All right, Lord, we thank you today for your love for us. And Lord, thank you that marriage is a picture of how much you love us. Marriage is a picture of how you gave yourself for us, and that's how we're supposed to give for our spouse. And Father, today I pray that you would be with each and every one of us. Lord, those who are married, those who are single, those who have been married, Father, would you fill us with hope that things can be better than they are now? Even if we're in a good marriage, help us to understand they can get better. Lord, I pray for those who are here today who are in a, a difficult situation in their marriage. Lord, would you give them hope that it can get better? Lord, I pray those for those today who are single, who may think, man, down the road, I would love to have a marriage like this is talking about. Lord, help them to get ready for that now. Lord, I pray especially for those who are here today, who are watching today, who are divorced, and there's still pain from that. Lord, I pray that you would heal that pain and give hope that things can be better, that they can have a healthy marriage because you love them. And so, Lord, I just pray that all around, those who are watching, those who are watching later, those who are here now, Lord, you would work in our marriages, work in our hearts today. And for any of you here, any of you watching online, you may say, you know, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Christ like you're talking about. I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. I've I've had this church thing. I've heard about this thing, but I've never actually asked Christ to forgive my sins. And I want to do that today. I want to start that today. I'm going to ask you to pray with us. We're all going to say it together here. I'm going to ask you to say it together at home. And this is just a simple act of talking with the Lord. And if you do this and you say, you know what? I've messed up. I made mistakes. I'm asking you to forgive my sins. The Bible says that Christ comes into your life and makes you a brand new creature. And that's how we have a relationship with him. So all around this room at home, would you say this with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your love for me. Thank you that marriage is a picture of that love. And I admit that I made mistakes. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. Help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you are a brand new person. Now, if you're here today and you're married, I want you to just reach over and grab your spouse's hand. If you're at home, Would you reach over, grab your spouse's hand? We're going to pray for our marriages. If you're here and you're single, I want you to pray for that future spouse that you want to have because they're around here somewhere. God knows where they are. And we're just going to pray for our future marriages. And so, Father, right now, I just pray for each and every marriage represented in this room, each and every future marriage that's represented in this room and online and at home. And Father, I just pray you would help us to have healthy marriages so we can be an example to this world of the love you have for us. Lord, I pray for marriages that are in trouble today. I pray for those who are having difficulties, that you would bring forgiveness and healing. Lord, I pray for those good marriages today, that you would help us to pursue our spouses, to show them how much we love them. I pray that we'd have healthy homes and healthy relationships today. And Father, help us to be your example to this world.